Welcome to Wine and Murder Night, a podcast where two friends discuss and drink to their favorite cozy mysteries. I'm Carolyn Wilkie. And I'm Sabrina Marshausen. Are you ready to get cozy? At Christmas, of course. Yeah! Welcome to the Wine and Murder Night Holiday Special! <laughs> good foley, good foley. <laughs> Thank you. Do you have any uh, Christmas slash holiday traditions you were indulging in this year? Well, I'm I'm German, and Germans fucking invented everything we do at Christmas. Mm-hmm. The Christmas tree, the mulled wine, the Christmas markets, all of that. So, of course, Christmas is my absolute favorite season. So I do everything Germans do, including going to a Lutheran German ser- German language service here in my small what? town. I didn't even... It's because we are a military town and there are old German military wives. Uh-huh. So uh, on on the third advent, and apparently this has been a tradition for a while, on the third advent, they have a German language Christmas service. So we even went to fucking that. Like, we are German. <laughs> so it's Lebkuchen, it's Dominosteine, it's... It's Glühwein, it's the Adventskalender, it's the Adventskranz, it's all of that. And so we're very, very German in that way. But I lived in England from 2004 until like 2012. Mm-hmm. So obviously the Brits had something to say. We American traditions are German and then Victorian English kind of combined together to make American Christmas. And so... Sprinkled with a heavy dose of capitalism. Well, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, the Christmas pantos, Christmas crackers, uh, Christmas hats, uh, Yorkshire pudding uh, with Christmas dinner, all of that is... Oh, man. Uh, my aunt made... We did. We had to do... So I'm going out of town. So we had to do like our family Christmas last night. My aunt made quite possibly the best roast beef I have ever had. And then she used the drippings to make Yorkshire pudding. Nice. Not not bad. I do miss a good Yorkshire pudding. It was so good. And seeing as Nathan was from the north, they did make (laughs) Yorkshire puddings the best. Oh, man. So, and then, you know, the Queen's speech. I make my mother listen to the Queen's speech. (laughs) On Christmas Day, I do. Like, literally, I put it on her uh, on her computer and we watch it together. We have, on Christmas Eve, we have a German meal, uh, which is vice versa. It's a very Bavarian meal. But we also have a charcuterie board and other stuff. And then on Christmas, on Christmas Day this year, we have ham. Mm-hmm. We're a ham because we're German. So we have ham. And this year, we're having a sweet potato souffle some uh asian style green beans made with sesame oil and uh soy sauce and roasted cauliflower i happen to love parsnips my mother doesn't like parsnips i'm I'm with you muddy that's the one thing i miss about christmas dinner my so one thing i was talking i was talking about this this week with coworkers. americans kind of get like made fun of for eating turkey twice in a row like Thanksgiving and Christmas are so close together. But I didn't know that. I literally Americans don't, ate turkey at 
Christmas. Well, that's my point. No one I know eats turkey at Christmas, but like that's like a trope. I literally have never actually been to a Christmas dinner with turkey. Well, I have never had a Thanksgiving dinner with turkey. (laughs) I hate turkey. And my mother is like, I'm not going to make a whole turkey for you not to eat it. So we have unusual uh, game birds. Like this year we had duck. And one year, we, you know, we have Cornish hen or we have goose or stuff like that. We had pheasant one year. Like, I don't... So, and we... And t- two years, we had salmon. And our idea is... Oh, you can see how sick I am. Idea. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Lord help me. I've gone full-on Brit. <laughs> the idea is that we would eat things that they would have traditionally eaten at Thanksgiving. So that's all Thanksgiving things. So Yeah. What are you what are you having? You're a ham family, so you're doing ham for Christmas this year? Yeah. And we do it we do it different every year. Um I think we're just baking it this year. One year we had a uh, German mustard style. Uh, one year we had brown sugar. My mother hates spiral though, so we do not have spiral sliced ham. No, I like the regular out. one better for sure. Because it dries out too quickly. It really so, does. It really thank does. Thank you. I never knew because my mother never made it, so I had no idea. I was like, okay. It's not that great. So what are you uh, drinking tonight? I'm drinking, uh, this is from Aldi, or is this from Lidl? (laughs) Excuse me. It's an $8 wine. I know that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's from Lidl. It's a Visigodo Verdejo. So it's a 2017 green wine from Spain, from Castilla y León. It's supposed to be dry, but I have a cold, so I have no fucking clue how it tastes. <laughs> the rating I'm system dr- is going to be interesting tonight. I'm drinking it. <laughs> it drinks. You can drink it. Uh, I've gone full cozy with my wine. Um, ah. So I picked up a 2015 Carmenere from Chile. It is Route 1, but... I have molded it, so I actually put in a bunch of spices um, that my cousin gave me when she was living in a spice-growing nation. Um, So I've got, like, some whole allspice in there. I've got some cloves and some cardamom. And then I had made, um, she had given me cinnamon bark, and I had made cinnamon simple syrup a while back for some baked goods. And I had leftovers that I had stored in the fridge, so I put some of that in there, too. And it is very tasty. Nice. My mother is mulling white wine this year. And it's uh, it's actually a German tradition. Once again, it's a German tradition. It's from the Moselle region in Germany. So I'm excited. I have had white sangria. Yes, white sangria is delicious. Are you ready to get into it? Of course. Special holiday edition of Wine and Murder Night. We go back to Midsummer Murders, season 16. Episode one, The Christmas Haunting. You're all gonna die. die. (laughs) We start in right away with the creepiest opening. Yes, it's so creepy. Uh, But you get a shot of this big old creepy looking manor house and stuff moving and like the lights and turning on and off inside and it's Ghost Hunters. It's Ghost Hunters UK, which is sadly 
less screamy than Ghost Hunters US. <laughs> uh, but we've got a heavy breather looking at the manor. Um, we've got a couple that is sneaking off into the creepy doll room. Yeah, yes, let's have a let's have a secret tryst in the creepy doll room. I'd be like, fuck no. <laughs> let's at least go into the seven head room. <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ. And they start making out, and then, lo and behold, something creepy happens. A door moves without them seeing it. It's all completely, like, pitch blackish. And the girl runs away, and the dude sees a red dot. And he goes to investigate, because smart. Mm-hmm. The camera flashes to night vision, and he gets run through with a sword. Twice. It felt weird going back to Midsummer and having, like, the murder, like, right off the bat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. I'm so used to Marple that's, like, a little bit, like, <laughs> chiller about shit. <laughs> I know. And this is, and this was an exceptionally creepy opening. It was. It was very, very creepy. Like, with the heavy breathing and then the shadows mm-hmm. in the stained glass. and It was exceptionally creepy. I'm not a fan of creepy. I hate Halloween. I don't like scary movies. And I need to stop moving my hand so much. Or really, I don't <laughs> have to. You can't see it. Yeah, not a visual medium. Do what you want. No. Yeah, whatever. What the fuck ever. I'm practicing for my inevitable YouTube <laughs> But... Next scene, we flash to New Barnaby. New Barnaby. And his wife, Sarah Barnaby. Uh, that really cheesy, what was the line? Uh, are you expecting anything? Or like, And she turns, yeah, are you expecting something? Because he's am. just coming with the post. And she doesn't even say anything. She turns and there's her baby bump. Mm-hmm. So extra cheesy. Super Love cheesy. It. Super cheesy. And Sykes, of course, whom I love. Yes. Last time we were in Midsummer, we were very, just, had just started with Tom Barnaby. So this is John Barnaby, his cousin, who took over cousin. his uh, position when he retired. Yes. And season 16, he's been doing it for a while. I think he comes in in 14, if I remember right. Yeah. I think this is his second season, I do believe. Yeah. I think it's his third. Yeah, second or third, yeah. Yeah, it's one. He's definitely been around for a minute. We know we are very familiar. If you've been watching Midsummer all the way through, you'd be familiar with with John Barnaby at this point and who he is and how he operates, which is quite a lot like his cousin. Yeah, except less grandfatherly, I guess. Mm -hmm. He's younger, so he is younger. We also learned that D.S. Jones. Is no longer a DS. He is a DI in Brighton. In Brighton. Yes. Which is sad. DS Jones is my favorite DS. DS Jones is also my favorite DS. And when he shows up in Marcella as a bad guy, it hurts my heart. Like, he is evil in Marcella. I can't. I I won't watch it. I'm not going to watch it, no. I refuse. Here's the problem with Marcella, is I... I do not like Marcella. I don't like the lead character. So it's like, why am I watching this fucking show? It's because it's it's really good. It's really gripping. But you do not root for her at all. 
you're like, go see a psychiatrist, figure your shit out. <laughs> I would like you more if you actually just talk to people in a normal fashion. That's how I felt about River. Oh yeah, see, <laughs> I couldn't even get through River because I think I had seen Marcella and I was like, this is just the male Marcella. And I can't yeah. do it. I can only do it once, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's only so many British British noirs before you. I, no, no, no. He's not even British. Well, Stellan Skarsgård is fucking Swedish. No, and he but the, the this show takes his... place in Britain, London. It does. It does. But he needs to stick. I love him when he's in Swedish, and in Thor. That's okay. Like, when he's in Thor and when he's Swedish. But otherwise, I'm like, no, Stellan, just nay. Nay, tuck. Nay, tuck. <laughs> we also learn in this scene that Barnaby hasn't met his new DS, Nelson, yet. But as he is... Hold on. Do you hear music? I heard, like, wind chimes. Okay. I thought it was me. This was getting creepy. what's the bells I'm going to die (laughs) you never know could for real be a Christmas haunting I know right Barnaby receives a phone call from his new DS that there has been a murder and he heads up to a village that we haven't seen before at least on uh, Wine and Murder Night Morton Chalos. The most haunted village in England in 2003. Yes. And it's 2000 what? 2013, if I remember correctly. It's 10 years now. 10 years later. later. This season, and I noticed this when I first watched it because I'm well past it at this point, is the first season where there is excessive blue filter. Yeah. Like, it's they're, they're going, okay, so this is when Scandi Noirs were coming into British television. Yeah, they're very, well, I don't know if it's just Scandi Noirs or if it's, like, the popularity of NCIS type shows. To, that too, but NCIS, like, wasn't always, shit. NCIS was overly saturated in all colors. Yeah. Blue, as but, I recall. But, but they're very stylized, right? Like, yes. and up until yeah. now, like. Midsummer Murders has been bopping along, you know, just being its little cozy mystery thing. But I have to say that for a southern area, they're a lot, they shot a lot grayer than usual. Which is why I always put Midsummer further north. When you're in the south, close to Brighton, it's actually much sunnier. Like, Britain doesn't, isn't all gray well, across all of it. It's like... There are sunnier places. So it's a little weird. Like, you know, it's a little weird for me. Well, I assume that the part of the reason initially when I saw this episode that they went with the blue filter was to, like, make it look December-ish. Yeah, which, you know, Because they probably didn't shoot in December. But <laughs> they probably film everything in one, like, in July. <laughs> like, all... Because it's, it's only five episodes. Right, that's my assumption. But then the blue filter keeps going past this episode. Like, this whole season is excessively blue. Yeah. I will say, the props team worked very hard this episode. Like, as on that drive into Morton Shallow, there's, like, inflatable snowmen. You mm-hmm. see, like, all the decorations on the pub. Like, the props team went good, did good. Creepy doll room. They wanted you to know that it was Krimbo. 
Like, mm-hmm. it's definitely Christmas. I know we're filming this on July 12th through the 15th. But it's <laughs> Christmas. It's Christmas. We get to see D.S. Nelson for the first time in a dramatic turnaround and the blue filter brings out his eyes and like he's so much better looking than Jones. Jones he's is good almost looking. unbelievable. But he's so much better looking. Gwillem Lee. Gwillem Lee is uh I feel like he's Welsh, which explains he, it. Yeah, I would assume although, he's Welsh, yes, with a name like Gwillem. Although so is the actor who plays Jones. No, and he's from London. He just happens to have a Welsh name. Well, his parents are probably Welsh. Yeah, that's probably it. But the guy who plays D.S. Jones is actually Welsh. <laughs> Jason Hughes. So it's like, ah. I feel yeah. like this is one of the, like, I feel like the D.S.'s, at some point, we need a Scottish one so we can kind of do a James Bond thing where you've got one from every country. <laughs> you know what's weird? What's weird about Bond is that it used to, like, the reason Bonds changed was because it's a cover name. But then they fucking retconned it and made him an actual person, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense, guys. <laughs> well, Barnaby and Nelson don't necessarily get off on the right foot, which isn't no. surprising, Surprise. given that we saw how he worked out with Jones initially. Yeah. But specifically, Barnaby does not want to be called Gov. Yeah, no, Gov. And it... There we have, we establish that Nelson is from London mm-hmm. immediately. So we have this London boy coming to a small town. Yeah, that's pretty much the big tension between Barnaby and Nelson throughout this whole thing. But they go in and they address the room full of ghost hunters um, with Nelson kind of like doing the clear the throat, get the attention kind of thing. Oi, mates. Yeah, that. There's tension between the Fergus Johnsons, which you can tell oh. they own the manor because their last name is hyphenated. The double-barreled surname. <laughs> Speaking of, Simon Fergus Johnson is a five British actor. Cheerio, back soon. I don't know, I wish I love you, that's why I'm cheerio, not goodbye. I knew it wouldn't take long to get there. No, he was a death in paradise, but... He was Mr. Humphreys in At Bertram's. We've already seen him. That's right, he was. Yes. Wow, I should have recognized that one. (laughs) This whole thing, I will say, it was very much like, I could tell these people were sort of pinging, but I couldn't tell, I couldn't remember, like, place any of them. Here's the thing with Christmas specials. The BBC splashes out loads of money on Christmas specials because it's all you're going to be watching from the 24th to the 26th. And it's just, it's Christmas special after every fucking show on all four BBCs have a Christmas special. I love it. What's unusual about Midsummer's is that they introduce a new character on the Christmas special. Yeah, that this is their like season opener basically. Yeah, so that's that's weird. And what really bothers me is that Jones never got a Christmas special. <gasps> Jones never got a Christmas special. The reason we're watching season 16, episode 1, is that I went back and looked up on the Midsummer Murders Wikipedia page, control, uh, Command F, because um, I have a Mac, Command F Christmas, and Jones never showed up in a while. Disappointed. But we... Also get to learn 
that there is a very enthusiastic ghost hunter by the name of Brendan Pierce who asserts who is that the a five British actor. What was he in? He is a very famous British comedian. So he's in everything and nothing. He is in Ant and Dex shows. He does. He does. He actually had his own show. He's a mimic, and he's a very good mimic. So he, uh, he's one of those guys that shows up on you know panel shows and stuff like that. But Les Dennis. Mm. Well, I loved. We said I did look at the IMDb for this episode, even though I was like, I don't recognize that. I don't recognize that. I don't recognize that. But, like, it was, like, a list of, like, all the best names that have ever come out of Breton. Yeah. Um, my favorite. I <laughs> know she's. There was a woman named um, Fiona. There. Uh-huh. That plays Sarah. There's a Fiona. Um, there's a Tamsin. The- Tamsin is the new. She's Grandma Death, but she's not really Grandma. Auntie Death. Auntie Death. Well, so Kate has, I think, shows up in. Season she's fourteen ish something like that. Yeah, no, she starts working before Nelson. Yes, so she shows up last year. The other Barnaby, but yes. she's also in Marcella. Oh no! <laughs> so no, I like her. She's not Marcella. Okay. Uh, oh no, you would recognize Marcella, well, the woman who plays Marcella. I Trust love me. Kate. I love Kate. Yes. So I do too. Great. I do too. And I instantly instantly ship her with Nelson. Yes. I don't know. They're I fantastic. Don't I don't remember if it gets anywhere. Uh I have it. I, I think it's a little open ended. Yeah, I think so as well. I don't Because they both watched. leave at the same time. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I'm just gonna imagine they left because they wanted to be together. Yeah. But Kate is there with the dude sticking, with the sword sticking out of his chest, just hanging out with him. Um, they also have found a kind of threatening note saying that there's basically going to be consequences with me- messing with the paranormal. Vengeance. Vengeance. <laughs> they learn from uh, Simon Fergus Johnson, God, uh, that his daughter, Pippa, is the one who started leading the Fright Night tours. Wait, Pippa is a five bridge actor. Cheerio, back soon. I don't know, somehow. I miss you. I love you. That's why I'm Cheerio. Not goodbye. But I don't think we've met her yet. We can go for it now. Yeah, she's in Penny Dreadful. Um, she's in Call the Midwife. Which I didn't know. I've not seen Call the Midwife, but I know you have. I, and then I, she's again, I should have recognized her and totally did not. It's probably a makeup thing. And she's also in Death in Paradise. Again, should have recognized her. Yeah. Did not. It's okay. In my defense, I was very tired while watching this. I watched this a few hours ago and all of my notes are about the five British actors. <laughs> it's back to modern Britain, which I understand because I lived in it. So this is just, oh yeah, this is just what happens in small villages. Yeah, like, this is, it's a little weird to be in a modern setting. I like, I mean, I don't dislike it, but it is a little disconcerting after watching so much 50s. Settle is uh, 
a one of Britain's beautiful villages. Oh my, of course. It's a small market town, you know, it's and it's got that picturesque it it just is a very picturesque place. Mm-hmm. And its big tourism is that every year it does this uh flower pot. Oh yeah, you've talked about that yeah. before. <laughs> so it's got this flower pot festival. And um it also has this uh it's got this thing called the Stories Festival and it it's like it brings artists and writers and things and and it's uh it's one of the top five festivals and all that oh gosh and i lived in a listed building like and there's tons of listed that's the thing there's like tons of listed buildings so it's it's you know it's one of those places it even has fucking caves (laughs) sounds like we should do our uh wine and murder night mystery dinner party yeah Actually, I think the estate is available. <laughs> we can figure it out. We can figure it out. Uh, so Settle is like Morton's... What? Morton's Shaft? Morton Shallows. Morton Shallows. So it's like like watching this. Morton I'm taking Shaft. notes. Can you <laughs> imagine? <laughs> this would be a show that would do that, though. <laughs> so there's... There's a lot of really weird names in England. Whatever. I know, but uh, Morton's Shaft, come on. <laughs> it's like the Midsummer so, Murders parody porn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the DSs come back for one wild night. <laughs> ooh. Ooh. Jones um, and Nelson? Who would... Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad this isn't YouTube, because we would have lost monetization. Dude... Uh, Nelson almost feels too pretty to be a DS. No. No. (laughs) Alright, we'll move on from that. We'll move on. (laughs) Nelson and Barnaby go to interview the victim's wife. And her first, like, she has this great pose. She's sitting in this chair and her, like, chin is held very high. And she's like, was he with a woman? It was fantastic. It was like, oh, yes. bitch knows. But yeah, she totally knew. Oh, that, wait, like, who was, is this? Who is this woman? Mel uh, Bridger. Yeah, she's not a five British. Okay. Woo! Dodged a bullet. <laughs> we... Learn not only was Connor, the dead man, a serial slanderer, but that he was attempting to buy the estate from Simon because... Because he might have inherited a pile, but he hasn't got two pennies to rub together, which is the most British sentence in all of Britain. <laughs> like, I love that. I was like, yes! In America, he broke AF. <laughs> Yes, uh, in American, he has the name, but not the money to back it up. He can walk the walk, but he can't talk the talk. Exactly. Nelson goes off to interview Felicity, the woman who was with Connor the night that he died, who happens to have been the voice teacher for Mel. Is that Valerie Fergus Johnson? No. Okay. It's uh, Felicity Hearn. Okay, not a not not someone we have to care about. 
I you mean, don't know. She you, could have done things. This, she's another one of the names that is fantastic. Her name is P- Perdita Avery. Perdita. Mm, yeah. Like, I love Kate Wilding's actress names. Like, Tamsin is such a name. Like, I think it's, I feel like it's Welsh. It might be Irish. She's not the only Tamsin in Britain, which is wild. I know. It's it's a pretty common-ish name. But yeah, if you want, like, good, like, D&D character names or, like, inspiration for your historical romance novels, go check out this episode on IMDb. All these actors have great names. All my tieflings have Icelandic names. <laughs> that's great. Like, because that's so weird. Like, my my tiefling just recently died. His name was Troisty. And uh, the new tiefling is the son of Troisty. His name is Vager. So I've named all my tieflings. Which I, I actually opened the Icelandic name book. The one, the official one that you can't name Icelandic children anything but what's in the name book. That's they, great. I love it. They used to be Lord of, Lord of the Rings from the Simarlian, but I was like, that's a little too on the nose. In these this day and age, yeah. I really didn't like the way Nelson inter- handled this interview. Uh, Felicity was talking about how she's new in the village, and he gets real, like, judgy on her real quick. He's She's, like, talking about how she needs to make friends, and he goes, maybe it wasn't the best idea to come to Fright Night with somebody else's husband. Ooh, yeah, I was like, ooh, you are not a very, uh, tactful man, which is a, well, he is from London, and they're not known for their tact down there, what I know about London, and it's weird, because it's like, Cambridge is not far from London, so we would go to London quite often, but, um, yeah, Londoners are not very tactful, and they're not what I think of when I think of British, like, when I think of British, it's not what London, and I know no one really knows anything outside of London when they talk about English culture but like the Brits like the Parisians are in their own space yeah to judge England as a country and to judge France as a country don't visit London and don't visit Paris that's what I tell my students in French class and that's what I tell people who like the way I talk like yeah like, that's like, the other thing is that like London doesn't sound at all like what we think of as British no. Like, I mean, yes, obviously you can tell that they're English, like, no one else talks like that, but we think of BBC British, not like... Yeah, and, but London is the most diverse city in England, so it's really weird that Midsummer Murders was a very undiverse show, and it only started in the later seasons, like, the joke was they added one person of colour and he was never the murderer. And there is a person of color in this episode. There is one person of color. I was just going to say, there is one person of color in this particular episode. There is, like, one episode where the person of color is the murderer in Midsummer Murders. And so they put the people of color in, but I guess people of color are virtuous immigrants or something, and we can't be murderers or something. Or well, murderers, mean, okay, so, or we're murderers in so many other shows that on Midsummer yeah. Murders we can't be. The, okay, I understand that. That's great, but like it's kind of weird. Like at least put five of us in, and maybe one of us would be the murderer. Yeah, so I think that's that's they're they're, they're working on it. They're working, they're working on it. This like, is why I, they're, they're, this is why I love Death in Paradise. Because most of the murderers are the white settlers who came in. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, okay, cool. And the majority of the cast is not. The majority of the yes. cast is not. 
I love Death in Paradise because it's got a majority people of color cast. The only thing I don't like about Death in Paradise is they got the white guy to come in and be the small guy in the room. Yeah, that's really annoying. Yeah. But they have the 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 black DS, the female DS, is usually, like, on his speed. Just, mm-hmm. you know. When are we not... going to get a female DS for a Barnaby? Come on. Never is the answer to that question. I know. So Barnaby goes down to the pub to interview interview the pub owner because he owed money to the dead dude. Um, and they find out there that that was the old forge of the blacksmith ghost tale. And he was the original ghost locale for ghost hauntings. And he also talks about how Simon's sis Valerie really should have been the person to inherit the estate. But outside of Mel's door, a handsome man appears. He's handsome in a scary way, Ali Tabiri. And he's a five British actor. See, that one I knew was a five British actor. James Murray, possibly the only handsome man in England. Other than Gwillem Lee. Other than Gwillem Lee. Who has more than likely Welsh parents. So can they really claim him? British, yes. (laughs) English, no. But he was also in Death in Paradise. He was in Death in Paradise. That's what I wrote him down as. He was in Primeval, which we've talked about before in this show. But he was also in a TV series I haven't seen called Suspects, where he plays his own DCI. Oh, yeah! Suspects! God, that's a shitty show. (laughs) Well, it was only in six episodes, so... (laughs) But Mel is basically like, go away! Like, he shows up in such an awkward way that I would be like, what the fuck? And pepper spray the fuck out of him. (laughs) Like, who the fuck? Especially since we don't know at this point in time that they're related. (laughs) Yes. She would have been totally justified in pepper spraying his ass. (laughs) Although pepper spray is illegal in England, so... Okay, fine. Meanwhile, back at the old police station, Nelson is listening to the tapes from the recording, and he hears um, someone on the recording going, You're all going to die. No. You're all going to die. You're all going to die. Just like that. And Barnaby schools him in his ABCs. Assume nothing. Believe no one and check everything. Everything. Which is like trust but verify, only even more cynical. And this <laughs> yeah. is where this is where you learn that Nelson comes from London. He goes, Can't you get the voice recognition guys on it? And he goes, We have technology, but this isn't MI5. Which I think is a joke. Was Gwillem? He was Oh, Gwillem was in Bohemian fucking Rhapsody. He was Brian May. <laughs> Which, apparently, every single one of my students who thinks that they were born in the wrong generation. I should have been born in the 70s. Loves it. And so, I guess it's a good film. I don't know. I'm tired of teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) Good news. It's Christmas break. And I only have a semester left! Yes! (laughs) But we get our first really cute... Like Kate and Nelson interaction, where Kate comes in and checks up on him uh, after Aww. he's schooled by Barnaby. 
I think I can drink more wine when I'm sick. Because <laughs> you can't taste it. Yep. <laughs> Barnaby goes off to interview Valerie. Uh, uh, excuse me. <laughs> who is a fine British actor. Emily Joyce. She's a Midsummer Murders alum. Her first show was in 2002. Wow. Yep. That's one of the early ones. She was in National Treasure Book of Secrets. Yeah, but like as a museum guy, she was in there for like two months. Oh, boo. A worm in the bud. She was Bernadette Sullivan. Yeah. I've seen them all. Do I remember any of it? No. 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 They all just run together. I remember it the day I watch it and then uh, nothing else. Like, even when I watch a film, 20 minutes after I've left a movie theater, I don't remember shit about it. I have severe short-term memory loss from um, sleeping pills, which is why I can't take sleeping pills anymore. But um, if you tell me something, if I don't write it down, or if or if it doesn't immediately get transcoded in a long-term memory, I don't remember shit. Which I'm amazed I speak seven languages <laughs> with my short-term memory loss. I'm amazed that I can remember anything. <laughs> like Because I don't write shit down. Well, that's and, a little um, bit different learning segment, though. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I suppose, yeah. But, like, my, short, my short-term memory is so bad that even after a fortnight's holiday, when I get back to class, I don't remember some students' names. <laughs> it takes me, like, a, one or two days to, like, really remember them. And sometimes, even after a weekend, I'm like, I don't know who the fuck you are. <laughs> Which is amazing that I can do the five British actors segment. <laughs> amazing. Well, you watch so many that they get encoded into your long-term memory. That's very true. And we, <laughs> there's, there's some we haven't met yet. Oh, I know. So when he interviews Valerie, though, it paints a very lonely picture of her life. Um, she took care of her sick dad starting at like 13. She never yeah, got to leave the village. Yeah, that's fucking shit. How are you a carer at 13? I feel like somebody should have called Child Welfare Services. Well, I, it sounds like she wasn't really, like, a full-time carer, but, yeah. like, in charge of shit Yeah, kind of deal at 13, because she was still clearly going to school. Yes. Um, but then, like, she was saying that her dad got worse and worse, and it was really a blessing that he passed, and, like, she's never really had many, many relationships, and... She's just kind of happy to be in her own life and in her own space at this point. Precisely. But we, so we flashed immediately to the estate and we've got the fighting FJs. I don't even remember what their name is at this point. Fergus Johnsons. Fergus the, Johnsons. The fighting Fergus Johnsons. And we return to one of our favorite Midsummer Murders tropes, the alcoholic wife. Of course. Oh, of course. With, with uh, Tabby Fergus Johnson, who was in Tomorrow Never Dies. No shit! She was a bomb. She wasn't a bomb girl. She She's a, been a bomb. bomb girl. She's a bomb girl. She looks so familiar, but I feel like she, al- she also looks like she could be... What the fuck is that woman She's name? also a Midsummer Murders alum. She, she Her is. Midsummer Murders uh, years were only, was only three years apart. Yeah. Emily Joyce. 
Oh, I have a no. Wait, not Nadia Camera Bakley. Bakley. Fuck. She was born in Vancouver. Nice. Uh, but yeah. So there. Yeah, a lot of Brits live in Man- in Canada for some reason. Well, not for some reason. It's a fucking Commonwealth. <laughs> uh. But they're fighting right in front of Pippa, who gets very angry and storms off. Pippa gets unnaturally angry at Yeah, her like, it's a very... At her parents fussing. Like, parents fuss. And especially when you have two parents that have not been compatible for a very long time. Right. Obviously. So it's like, she's also in university, so she doesn't even hear her parents fuss that much normally. Well, I think she's just out of university. So they, oh, yeah. all, they all moved back home, finally. But yeah, no, she very much, like, explodes on them. And she goes to see her friend, Dev, who was is helping her with the ghost tour things. And he's kind of being all squirrely. Dev and... is weirdly not a five British actor for being an Asian. Because <laughs> they recycle Asians a lot. So, <laughs> like, it's just true. And his, his name is actually Nikesh, but I actually combined his actual last name with the last name of the character. I apologize. Well, the Dev Patel is an is... actual actor, too. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and uh, the actor's name is Nikesh Patel, and the character's name is Dev Kardec. And weirdly, Nikesh Patel has not been in a lot. Maybe this was... Uh... Enough of his, enough of acting for him. He just wanted yeah. to get on the uh, the alumni list. No, I mean, he's doing stuff now. He's doing the television version of Four Weddings and a Funeral. Oh, with Mindy? And he's in Doctor Who. Well, that's he's gonna be good. So, he's done quite a bit, but he hasn't done a lot. Which means he hasn't been overused as an Asian actor. So... He can be in more of the things, which, you know how it is. There are, like, five black American actors, and we know them all. And mm-hmm. they're all Denzel Washington and Will Smith and people in their family. So, like, so in Britain, we have the same problem. It's all the same Asian actors. Oh, and he was in London Has Fallen which is the shittiest movie I've ever seen in my entire life. And I have seen all of Sean Bean's movies. <laughs> all of them. Literally all of them. There is not one single Sean Bean movie I haven't seen, and he was in the fucking Silent Hill films, and I had to sit and cry through those. Sabrina, don't do that to yourself. I have to. It's Sean Bean. He was in a Jeopardy clue. He was a fucking Jeopardy clue. I know, I saw that. (laughs) He was in the category, things that should rhyme but don't. Yeah, that was a great category. (laughs) And, because his name is S-E-A-N-B-E-A-N, and he actually hates when people come up to him and go, hey, Seen Bean. He's like, yeah, that's, I haven't heard that 50,000 times. And, oh, people that come up to him and think he's Mr. Bean. Yeah, that too. I love Sean Bean to a degree that is, Almost unnatural, but I got to meet him. He was playing in that Scottish play, and I, and Nathan got me tickets for my seventeenth birthday, and um, I got to see him. And it almost ruined my love of him because he was a little bit of a lech. That was great. Oh, 
<laughs> he was a little bit of a lech. But, um, because, you know, I'm cute and 17 and in love with him, so he's probably like, ooh. <laughs> like, what is this? And I was like, oh my god, I've seen everything you've done up until this point, and you were amazing. He played the lead. He was the Scottish king with his Yorkshire accent. So, and Nathan was with me, and I introduced him to Nathan, and I was like, Nathan's from Yorkshire as well, and you know, blah, 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 and we love Sheffield United and 100% Blade, and we actually, all three of us, sang the fight song for the, <laughs> the Sheffield United. And I will never forget it, because, like, he was shocked. He wasn't shocked that Nathan knew it, but he looked at me and he was like, you don't look like you would be a Sheffield United fan. And I was like, it's Nathan's fault. And yours, really. That's so cool. And they talked like Yorkshire at each other and I was just like, oh, I love this. This is the best thing ever. So, yeah. Sorry I mixed up the 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 name with the actor. That happens sometimes. The character it, with the actor. It does. It does indeed. But the other thing that we learn from Dev is that they are going to live stream a ghost event on Christmas Eve in a cave. Then we get to our B plot, basically. Uh, there's a Santa stare down from Charity collecting Santa. This was the most pointless stare down ever. We, it's not like he sets up Charity appeal like, you know, to two stalls down. It's just this random ass high tech Santa coming in fucking backwards. And I'm like, what the fuck was this? What the, what even was this? Yeah. It, it, and they didn't even follow it up with like rival Santa. Yeah. Stuff. Like, I don't even know what this was, but it was probably some in joke that we didn't get. Well, the whole point of this thing is that Brendan leads up the charity appeal uh, the Christmas appeal, I should say, and he gets in and his wife start fighting. He and his wife start fighting over money. But I really didn't understand the point of this B story at all, frankly. But the, um, Yeah, me neither. I didn't either, other than to... <coughs> Actually, I did. Because would Brendan Pierce kill to choose where the charity appeal went to? I guess that could potentially... They do... Uh, I'm sorry, this is Britain, so that could actually be a reason to murder someone. <laughs> <laughs> we sometimes we have to do bad to do good. <laughs> it's all for charity. It's all for charity. <laughs> murder. Murder for charity. Murder yeah. for charity. But we get straight from a couple bickering about money to ominous music. And Ollie knocks on Valerie's door. She's like shocked to see him. After all this time. After all this time. And we have kind of a quiet scene between Ollie and Valerie where he basically ends up asking her out. And we kind of understand that they had gone out when they were high schoolers. There was a past. High school? Okay, darling, there's no such thing as high school. Whatever, teenagers. Fucking whatever. Thank you. I was like, in secondary school. We get a scene where Mel confronts Felicity um, and basically tells her she deserves no friends. And then we get uh, Tabby on the phone with... And she's like, don't call again. I'm thinking about it. And Simon kind of follows her into the room and picks up her phone after she puts it down and sees that it's Ross. And he's like, Ugh, I thought we were done with having these affairs. 
And she's like, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? And Simon's like, nothing. I know. Yeah. She was kind of goading Simon on, like, go, go beat him up. Cause then I'll actually feel some kind of sexual, you know, feelings for you. Yeah. Like, and he was just like, that's uncouth. That's not British. That's so British. I'm going to say some nasty things about him, and I'm not even going to post it on Yelp. Yeah, I'm just and going that's to how I deal with this. I'm going to tisk mm-hmm. under my breath because he's jumped me in the queue. Oh, man, I fussed at a student about jumping the queue. And I was like, we don't do this. We don't jump queues. They were queuing up to, like, sign out mm-hmm. after their exam. And I was like, we do not jump queues. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my lord! See, it's the uh, German oh. in you too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> the Germans. No, I think the Germans would actually pull you physically out of if if you're queue jumping in Germany. There's no tisking. There is like pushing you out of the queue. Like, oh, see, the Germans are are efficient and like they're very like, but they're not polite. They're not tactful. They will tell you to get the fuck out. At least in the big cities. In the smaller towns, maybe. But in the big cities, they will be like, get the fuck to the end of the queue, mate. You were. But even in London, if you jump the queue, they won't say anything to you. Which is ridiculous. Like, but I jump queues all the time. Sabrina! No, um, at the Thanksgiving dinner that we have at all I I find one of my department people and I get in queue with them. <laughs> like oh hey hello I'm, I'm not averse to a little queue jumping only but only if it's like that if you have a friend in line already yeah why not uh i was very uh, good you, at the post okay. office today i was you there really first. shouldn't queue jump friends that's the that's really <laughs> what we're saying you really shouldn't queue jump because it's just because people have been waiting longer <laughs> well so after this whole Britishly hostile moment. Tabby goes down to the pub and confronts Ross. And what's really weird is I actually thought they were lying about having an affair because of how this sounded with like, what about the other night? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I have a cat literally on my notes. Okay. <laughs> no way. But TCI Barnaby is looking for additional information about all of this ghosty stuff. So he heads down to Brendan Pierce's shop and buys a book about the ghosts and ends up talking a little bit with Liberty Pierce. Ah! That <laughs> was a cue! A, a five British actor? A five British actor. Uh, fuck Elizabeth Ben Barrington? Bennington? Who is a death of paradise, Father Brown, and Poirot. She is a murder mystery alumna. I'm pretty sure it's still alumni. No. No, alumna alumna is is plural, I thought. Yeah. So it's alumni. I thought alumni was plural. It's alumnus. Ha! Yes, she is an alumnus, singular. Although that's masculine, singular. Yeah, but I don't know if there's a feminine version. Because only men were allowed to go to high education when this word was invented. Yeah. So she is a she is a murder mystery alumnus, and good job to her. <laughs> but she also reveals that 
uh, not only that her daughter, who is no longer around, um, was had a thing oh she's for, in she yeah she's in Asia she's in the, the Far East come the on Far East. yes sir <laughs> which uh the Far East could be China could be Japan could we, be Korea we could have be no who idea the fuck knows because the Far East it is Southeast I would guess Southeast Asia because they think it's somewhere warm but she, they reveal that part of the reason she left is because she was heartbroken over Connor the dead guy. Yeah, Connor just fucked everyone in the village, which is not surprising. Every village has one. And uh, I'm so drunk. And I'm <laughs> sick on top of it because I'm taking... But I'm not as sick as I was, but I'm taking medication and I'm drinking way too much. <laughs> well, at some point you'll finish with drinking. Like, there's no more to drink. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> So back at the police station, Nelson has uncovered that it was Mel who put down the leaflets around town, the threatening leaflets. Um, and so they go to talk to her. And but she's an actual, what I love is she's an actual leaver. There's a lot of Americans who believe in this. But England is has a higher concentration of it because it's got a smaller population and a smaller area. And I have never met a British person who doesn't believe in some sort of form of paranormal. The other thing is that this is possibly the most blue scene in the whole fucking thing. Ugh, I'm so sorry. I'm just, I can't, I'm so, I'm fixated. fixated no, on I totally understand. Because, but there's a reason it's blue is because I, every, no, you don't understand. And even if it's, even if you don't really believe, you kind of believe. There are, obviously Richard Dawkins and there are obviously British skeptics but they are skeptic because they grew up around so many people who were not and like they actually had to like write whole books on why you're fucking stupid (laughs) so like Nathan was a died in the wool atheist like like died in the wool and the reason why he wasn't died in the wool is because Elizabeth his mother who I love Elizabeth is my other mother. I love her so much. She literally believes that the angel Michael came down to her and told her that she had to go to Africa to build schools and women's clinics or else she would die in a horrible, like, torturous death. Wow. <laughs> she's, doing, she's doing good work, and I appreciate what she's doing. And I've been to Senegal, like, three times because of the work she's doing. But, like, the only reason she's doing this, almost all her schools have some version of Michael in them. It's bizarre. She doesn't preach. She doesn't... The schools are non-religious. Like, she she put them. They're secular schools. They have no religious education whatsoever. I love Elizabeth. She spends all of her money doing this. And I love her so much. Like, when Nathan passed away, um, like, Nathan wanted no religious readings in his funeral whatsoever. And I obviously couldn't do the eulogy. She obviously couldn't do a eulogy. But one of the people that did the eulogy actually was named Michael. And she saw it as a sign. <sighs> Bless her. What I'm saying is, she's not unusual. And I feel like American people don't get that nuance. Is that it's half and half. Yeah, it's, re- it's not even half and half. It's really eighty-five, fifteen. The the thing about the U.S. is that all of our like people, there's 
the woo-woo, there is woo-woo in the U.S., but it is much smaller, and all of our religious people, when they go religious, it's crazy, like, it's scary. It's not, like, chill religious. Yeah, all religious is chill religious, We where it's auras, and it's karma, and it's because we owned 95% of the country. I say we. I'm getting more British as I finish this bottle. <laughs> Spanish wine means you more British. I um, get I I'm sorry I'm getting really homesick, but like Christmas makes me really homesick for not America. Like Christmas, like as a German and as someone who lived in Britain for so long and had a British boyfriend and lives in British culture and doesn't feel at home in America. Like I'm about to cry because I'm almost done with this bottle of wine. Don't cry, don't cry. Back at the uh, FJ estate, uh, we've got Tabby serving goth queen realness and another scene of Simon being impotently angry. Uh, Being Britishly angry. Yeah, Britishly hostile. Basically, they're there to question her about her affair with Ross um, and she is flirting with an impassive Nelson while alleging that her affair with Ross was just like a one-time fling in the past, and then he's yeah. I, her I back feel up. like I feel like Nelson needs someone his own age. <laughs> yeah, just a little, uh, just a little. He might be tactless, but he's certainly not going to sleep with a suspect. No, tactless and sleeping with someone is a different thing. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's a. Uh, Tactless, not classless, but Nelson is on uh, vigil duty, and so he is hanging out at the pub uh, when... Which, why the fuck would you have a vigil that's also a ghost hunting? Well, it's like a ghost hunting vigil thing, I guess. I (laughs) mean, I don't know. Let's go see if we can find the ghost of Connor. It's marketing. It's marketing. They they just wanted people to, like, sit in the dark. Quite. But Ollie walks in like the dramatic bitch he is. I think they put too much, like, eyeliner on him. There's something wrong with his face. Can you tell me what's wrong with his face? No, I thought he was... He's been... Him. He was overly tan. He was very tan. There I will. Go. I do think the other... I think they also tanned up um, Valerie a little too much at one point. Because... And I think it's because of the stupid blue filter. But also... There was a point where I was like, is he gay? Because he's very dramatic. He's got so much eyeliner and eye- it was his eyes. Like, his whole, like, he was overly tanned, which could be explained by his Afghanistan and Iraq. Mm-hmm. Because he did have PTSD and this was the time right. when they were returning. So, okay, that could be. But his his eyelashes and his his eyes were so dramatic that I was like, what the fuck is going on there? <laughs> and it's also the blue filter that makes the blacks pop a little more, too. Exactly. So everything, everything's just overly saturated, and he was the most overly saturated, which I think was was a red herring, because we were supposed to look at him as a stranger in town, and he's angry at everyone. He's angry at the victims. He's angry at the... So, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Oh my god. I'm so ill and it's all in my like forehead. <laughs> I'm like, I hate everything right now. 
But the Virgil, Vig, the Virgil, the Virgil commences. <laughs> it's Vigil time, and everybody spreads out throughout the pub slash inn. Yeah, number one rule of horror films is that you don't split up. What the fuck? Right? Like, fuck. I mean, okay, I get why they're having people split up, because the idea is that it's supposed to be creepy. But also, literally the last time they had a Fright Night, somebody fucking died. So why are they splitting up right now? But all the lights go out, there's creepy fucking noises, and then Nelson sees the red dot, and Ross in the kitchen... He sees the walk-in door open, just like what happened to Connor. Something had opened. The red dot appears, and we flash to night vision. Yes. What was weird is I was watching it, but I missed that part where there was night vision. Like, when when uh, Nelson was telling the story later, I was like, oh, was I there for that? What I hate, <laughs> what I hate is that they do... What I hate about Midsummer is that they show us and then they have DS or DI tell us after what we've just seen. Well, if you're not paying attention, that can be helpful. That is helpful. <laughs> it was helpful this evening, but I realize I don't like that. <laughs> Back at Casa Barnaby, uh, Sarah's dr- desperately trying to learn more about Charlie and also desperately trying to get um, 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 John <laughs> to discuss baby names with her. Which he refuses to do so that he can work. And he's watching the tapes from the manor that night. And he sees uh, Tabby drive off in the Jeep and Ross walk to the manor. So he immediately pauses the tape, doesn't watch any further, and goes and rushes down to the pub. And at the pub, Nelson hears the, You're all going to die. You're all going to die. And tackles somebody. Whoosh. Which... It's legitimately creepy when you hear that. It is. Like, it was very creepy. So that's that's a good thing to do. Like, I feel like this show, this episode was le- legitimately creepy. For it was. For the title and for what it was trying to do. Which, A+. plus. Holy shit. I have finished this entire bottle of water. <laughs> Wine. Wine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're Jesus now, so... (laughs) Reverse Jesus. (laughs) Wine to water. Well, the lights flip on. They realize it is Nelson has tackled Felicity to the floor. She has a tape recorder with a creepy-ass song on it. And they all realize... You're gonna die. You're gonna die. And they realize that Ross is missing because he's Dead. Dead. Oh, that was good. That was good. I'm not even going to put in the sound effect there. That was very good. That was amazing. I'm sure my next one ever was like, please. <laughs> I did like this next oh. scene between Nelson and Barnaby because Nelson very much feels responsible because he was there and he didn't see anything happen. I love that this guy is from London and would have obviously seen many murders because London is not the most uh, safe of villages. <laughs> but also, I mean, not it was more of like he was there, so he feels like he was responsible for it. Like he should have kept everybody safe and that was kind of the point of him being there was to like gather stuff. But but Barnaby really does like try to like re- reassure him that he did what he could and 
And uh, from his research, uh, Nelson thinks actually that it could be Ollie because he finds out that he was in the military and he has PTSD and that he, you know, having military training could have... You wouldn't get that information. Okay. Well, Nathan was actually the RAF. What you would get is that he was AWOL, not Y. Mm -hmm. So I gotta say that this part is actually not canon. (laughs) <laughs> like at all. Well, I mean, yeah, that he was AWOL, but not why or what his medical reasons were. So yeah, and yes, you wouldn't get this that as full dramatic effect. Yeah, I don't think there's any military out there. Any, any, like, yeah, we wouldn't release medical information. No, and the U.S. military wouldn't either. When I found out that Ollie was in the military, I got my heckles like raised like immediately. I was like, oh fuck, like okay. <laughs> Like, I gotta pay attention to this. And and I finished my bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice. they start tracking down this Ollie angle. Um, they can't figure out where he's staying, and that actually is something that never really gets resolved. But they go talk to Valerie again about him. And they find out that he was expelled for messing with the brakes on a school van. No one was hurt. But Valerie is adamant that he didn't actually do it. He just took the fall for Connor and Ross, the two dead guys. Red herring. Red herring number like 600. Yeah. We do get to see a playground date, a romantic playground date with Ollie and Val. And they do eventually find him at that playground. At ground. I actually love this. The... The scene a few scenes before where they're like sitting on the little roundabout, mm-hmm. like rolling. I love that with the fairy lights. And it is very shining. cute. Like that's so. I actually love that scene. Oh, I'm so. I finished the entire bottle. <laughs> but in the interview, Ollie really doesn't give anything up, and they were kind of like, "Oh, we don't know where to go from here." Pippa has bought a Christmas tree, and the parents want nothing to do with it. Oh my god! What bothered me? Is that that Christmas tree was not big enough for the fucking estate? Like it I was, was like, so wait, teeny tiny. I was like, if this was going to be in the foyer of a pile, it needed to be like a ten footer, right? At least maybe it was like right? her own personal Christmas tree or like which the is, best she could carry by herself. Which she, which is fine, but she had a fucking jeep. I guess her mom has a jeep. So. But Brendan Pierce, if you remember that B story, because, you know, it was so important so far to the plot, uh, has gone missing. And so they rush over to help Liberty out. And not only is Brendan missing, the Christmas appeal money is missing. (laughs) I thought it was super cute because this is exactly what British people would do. They'd be like, I'm going to go to Mallorca. Oh, my God. Well, so, so Brendan shows up, throws open his I'm trench coat. I finish all of this wine. What is happening? <laughs> throws open his trench coat. He's wearing this, like, tacky-ass Hawaiian shirt. And it turns oh out God. that he really just wanted to go visit his daughter, he and his wife. In Southeast Asia, so Thailand, obviously. Thailand or oh, somewhere wow. like that. Back at the station... Nelson finds out that Dev is a fake. He's not studying the paranormal at all. He's studying psychology. He's studying the psychology of people who believe in the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Which 
is actually a really interesting thesis topic. It is, but he's doing it in a very shady way. Shady, aka unethical. Pippa also finds out about this. Meanwhile, back at Shea Barnaby, they review the tape again because again, DCI Barnaby didn't actually feel he needed to watch the whole tape when he saw Ross show up at the house. And instead he sees that Ross and Tabby left and then came back because they were on the phone to each other the whole time. So they were having an affair despite them saying they weren't having an affair. So they go back to the estate just to confront Tabby about her doing the thing. And this is the aha moment. Because Tabby reveals that she hates the manor, wishes it had been sold. She reveals that Pippa started caring about the paranormal when her grandfather that she was close to died. And she reveals that she doesn't know where Pippa is because uh, she's not actually that close to her. She's closer to Valerie. Ooh, Valerie. Mm-hmm. So Nelson rushes off. Another fucking red herring. I know. So Nelson rushes off to the cave where this Christmas Eve live feed is supposed to go down. John makes him makes Dev pull up the live feed and they get to see Pippa on screen with those big eyes saying, we're going to create a ghost tonight. Oh, we're going to create a ghost. Like, as soon as she said that, I was like, that means you're going to kill someone it because does. that's literally how you create a ghost. <laughs> Ollie shows up because she lured him there via Valerie and she turns out the lights, gets on her night vision goggles and goes after him with a sword. But then Nelson shows up and saves the day and turns on the lights and tackles her and DCI Barnaby makes her confess to everything and... We wrap up by seeing Kate invite Nelson to live with her in her spare room. And everybody goes over to the Barnaby's for Christmas dinner. And in happy wrapping things up news, Pierce's daughter, Debbie, shows up from the Far East for Christmas. Yay! And also it's snowing. And also it's snowing. Which is the only real Christmas. like this episode i did because i love all christmas <laughs> i'm kind of 50 That's... 50 on it okay like i didn't like it because it was super cheesy and super like obvious and super, yeah uh, i didn't it was an it was a christmas episode it was i, I don't know if it, it was because it is okay so first yeah, and foremost episode. i don't think it was a christmas episode i think it was a spooky episode that they tacked a few christmas shit onto yeah oh that's what yeah, bothered me the most that's what i wanted to talk about it wasn't christmasy enough it wasn't christmasy enough it did not there wasn't enough christmas i didn't have it like there was tinsel and there was snow at the end and that was it yeah there wasn't a fucking christmas i think I the point of the b story was so that they could have some sort of happy family storyline but it was so weak and the thing about I think the thing about this episode compared to like first like the first season of Barnaby that we watched and reviewed on the show is that the characters are so they they feel dull. Problem with introducing a uh, a new character in a Christmas episode is that is not what Christmas episodes are about. 
than literally about Christmas. Right. Well, and, and I think the this other thing, though, episode was not about Christmas. It wasn't about Christmas. And even the people in it, even if it had been a regular, like, if it had been a Halloween episode where all the spooky stuff would have played really well. This would have been a perfect Halloween episode, except the Brits don't do Halloween. Except they invented Halloween, so what the fuck. Even if this had been a perfect, had been a Halloween episode, a Halloween special, we don't have any, like, all of the characters are very flat. It's a very quiet episode throughout, and it's with a bunch of, like, very quiet, like, almost like a noir-ish feel, which doesn't work in this format. Yeah, unfortunately, this is not a Christmas episode. And so, I... I love anything to do with Christmas, so I loved all the bits that even mentioned Christmas, mm-hmm. but I didn't love them. Okay, so I would give this episode a four out of nine, which isn't great. It's not passive, so yeah. I didn't like this episode. I think, I think this is a two-star episode. But I liked all the Christmas episodes. I, I'm happy they gave it a shot. I'm happy we saw it, but like, it's not, I think it's a two-star episode for me. It's also too blue. Did you figure it out? Uh, yes. Because here's the thing. I figured out, the only way I figured it out was when Brendan gave all the money to get to his daughter. That's when I figured it out. But not because the reason she said, I want to be normal for once. I really figured it out because the only two people that were killed either were related to the Christmas appeal or to the estate. I figured it out because that actress is too doe-eyed to not be the bad guy. <laughs> oh, that's weird. She has such big Bambi eyes that, like, you just know there's something fucked up there. How did you like your uh, wine water? It's water. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I finished the entire fucking bottle. I want to wake up tomorrow morning not understanding anything. I'm going to listen to this on Wednesday. I listen to this when it hits Spotify. Because I tell my uh, Google Home to play it. And <laughs> so I listen to it, and I'm not going to know any of this. I'm going to be like, wow, I was really philosophical. I was really good. <laughs> and you're just mostly going to be like, I was really drunk. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was not. Guys, I'm, I'm done. I'm literally completely <laughs> I've never finished a bottle of wine at all on this shirt. I'm so drunk. Uh, out of t- out of nine, out of nine, how are you giving your? I'm gonna give him fucking nine because it was just water. <laughs> Do I sound amazing? Do I sound super sexy? Do I sound ASMR? <laughs> if I do, it's a fucking nine. <laughs> don't, guys, don't ever buy this wine. Like on my recommendation, it doesn't matter how you sound to others about the ASMR of your heart. It's, uh, this time of year is pretty tasty. I really like it. I think, uh, you know, I made a did great it work? wine. No. Did you taste it before you mold it? Uh, I did not taste it before I mold it, but I only mold half of it and I am drinking it now and it is pretty tasty. And, but it was, it was a very good choice for a mold wine. So I will give it a 8 out of 10. Oh, good job. I'm going to give mine a, like I said, I'm going to give it a perfect score. I don't fucking know. But don't drink it. <laughs> Guys, okay, so I'm going to give it a 9 out of 9, but don't fucking drink it. <laughs> 9 out of 9, but don't trust it. Uh, you can follow us on our Twitters. I'm at Classlicity. And I am at S 
DM Rites, W-R-I-T-E-S. And you can follow our official Twitter at Wine Murder Night. Which I should have tweeted tonight because there was so many fucking five British actors. There were so many five British actors. Subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us. And if you leave oh, us a... Say, oh, really? Say, hey, Google. Hey, Google. I don't want to I don't want to wake up my Google assistant. Hey, Google. Play wine And it will. And if you leave us a five-star review or any nice review, we will give you a nice toast and shout-out. I mean... If I have enough wine. <laughs> As always, we would like to say what, Sabrina? Spasiva! <laughs> to Anton Koryaka, who wrote Simple Life, Awesome Album, Restart. Till next time.